Hi, everyone. I'm Lee Cockrell, and this is the Creative Sheep Podcast. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Creative Sheep Podcast, the podcast where we talk to people who are good at what they do to inspire leaders to get better. Folks, my name is Jared Hogan. I'm joined with Rowan Johnson. Hey, everybody. It is great to be here. I hope you are doing well today. I know I am doing well. Jared, how are you today? I'm doing wonderful, man. Uh, I, I'm excited about this interview today. Uh, obviously, he's one of the greats. He is one of the greats. This is episode number 32. And this is our first sophomore repeat guest. This is our first ever repeat guest. He was the very first episode of our podcast. This is special. This is special. Wow. He was our pilot episode. Uh, We've come a very long way since then. Yep. And uh, he's back for episode number 32 with a brand new book. Uh, Folks, today I had had the pleasure of talking with Lee Cockrell. The Uh, man, the legend, I don't have a third one. He's awesome, though. <laughs> he is awesome. Uh, Lee, if you don't know, was uh, the, he's the former executive vice president of operation at Walt Disney World. I love Walt Disney World. You do. You went there on your honeymoon, right? I did. I did. And I've been there like three, uh, two or three times, probably three times since then. Your brother, on the other hand, has lived there for like a there. month He was there for time. like a month. Yeah. 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 Big, is, big Disney fans in our family. Yes. Uh, Disney is just incredible. Just incredible. And Lee uh, ran the place. Uh, he actually opened Disney when they opened in Paris. He went and opened that location. Hey, Jared, take a guess, in a, a guess at how many employees you think Walt Disney World employs. And I, I know I told you right before we started <laughs> recording. Just take a stab in the dark. It's a lot. 62,000 good grief employees good grief i don't think there were that many there when lee was running the place but nonetheless i believe it's floating somewhere between 40 and 50,000 people that he oversaw yeah. it's a it's a lot it is a lot i believe you said that uh, i think you read this on the internet and so it's got to be true it has to uh, that they are the largest single site employer in the country that's right the us that is that's right yeah, that we, was on the internet. We, so it's got to be true. Yeah. Uh, but that's just crazy. And Lee ran this place. And his son, Dan, Daniel, is actually following in his footsteps. Was running Hollywood Studios, is now running the Magic Kingdom. Uh, and it seems to be on the same path that his dad took. And uh, maybe one day himself will be the executive vice president of operations of Disney World. Uh, But nonetheless, Lee has put out a brand new book called Time Management Magic. Uh, This is his third book, actually. Uh, His very first was Creating Magic, which was phenomenal. Uh, Then he put out The Customer Rules, which we talked about both of those books in the first uh, interview. It's part one and part two, so episode one and two of our podcast. And then now he's back talking about time management. What an important topic. It is the most valuable commodity that we have. It really is. And when you're you're leading 40 or 50,000 people, your time becomes extremely important. Yes. And very valuable. And really, no matter what level you're leading, your time is extremely important. As you just said, it's the most valuable resource that we have, which is why we like to talk about it a lot here on the Creative Sheep Podcast. There's a couple bonus episodes, actually. Uh, Carrie Newhoff talking about how he manages his time, as well as Jason Laird, uh, how he manages his time. There's a couple bonus episodes you can check out uh, on the podcast. Uh, but really, that's our whole conversation today. We also had Kirby Anderson talking about time management. Yeah, I once saw a mug that says, uh, I have the same uh, amount of hours in my day as Beyonce. That's a valid statement. <laughs> I'm not sure I understand it, but it's it valid. Means she's she's done so well for herself, I gotcha. and I have the same amount of time as she does, ah. so I should also be able to do well. I, I respect that. Yes, so... Not that going uh, the pop music route is the route for everybody. <laughs> yes. But nonetheless, uh, man, time is such a, a valuable thing, and we got to make sure we manage it properly. And so that's what our conversation's all about. Plus, Lee has a new book he's working on. We're going to talk about that in just a little bit. But Creating Career Magic. Really excited about this one. I'm sure we'll have him back on the show at some point to talk about that book. But, uh, but hey, folks, before we jump into the interview, uh, Roman, I believe you've got something you want to ask of everyone. I do. Uh, you know, it would mean the world to us. Uh, and I say this all joking aside, if you could subscribe to our podcast, if you are not already, uh, and leave a review on iTunes. And what that does, it's going to help us get in front of more people. And if we get in front of more people, uh, we can influence more leaders. 
as maybe you have been influenced by this podcast. And so it would mean a ton for us if you would just jump on there, hit subscribe, leave a review, and let us know what you think. And folks, uh, I'm not going to lie to you. There's a little selfish motive in this and helping making the podcast grow. But uh, like Craig Rochelle says, when the leader gets better, the entire organization gets better. And that's our whole goal. Is our, our, our goal is to inspire leaders to get better. So, Roman, I think without further ado, let's get to today's conversation with Lee Cockrell. Let's do it. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we've got Lee Cockrell back on the show here. Uh, Lee, thanks so much for joining us again. Oh, it's good to be here. Uh, Lee, I, I know we just said this. You're actually the first repeat guest we've ever had on the show. Well, that's a good sign. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, you uh, you actually, we, we had you on. You were the, the, the pilot episode of our show. Uh, you were episode one, and the, in fact, the information was so good, we split it into two parts. So you were episode one and episode two uh, with your second book, The Customer Rules, which is a phenomenal book. Uh, and, and we even dabbled a little bit in your first book, Creating Magic, which uh, you were just telling me has now been translated into how many languages? I think I have to do a new character because I've got a, some of them come in the last couple of weeks. I think it's 16 or 17 now. Wow, that's incredible. And and I love what you said that they sent you one that was going to Taiwan. Uh, so it had been tra- translated to, to Japanese and your your comment back to them is was quite funny. Well, I think the one in Taiwan is Chinese, Chinese. and I actually last week uh, they they just uh, uh, finished the Russian copies. Wow! So uh, Russian is getting done. Also, I'm not sure Vladimir Putin will listen to it, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> he should. By the way, no kidding, no kidding. So Vladimir yeah. Putin, if you're listening right now, go pick up a copy of Creating Magic. Um, yeah, yeah. Man, that is just phenomenal. And you were telling me that there's a, a teaching course that goes along with that. Universities and colleges are picking that up as a textbook now, which is just phenomenal. And so congratulations to you, sir, uh, on the success yeah, of this. Yeah, that which was is... great. I was speaking to a college class uh, up at the State University of New York, and uh, one of the professors liked uh, the speech. And so we got together, started working together, and we created a teacher's guide for Creating Magic. Now they use it in the classroom. And then we just uh, came out with a teacher's guide for time management magic, which somebody can use it to teach students, or actually people could actually use it to take themselves through the book uh, and self-teaching. And then we're going to do one for uh, the customer rules shortly. So awesome. it's it's good to get it out there. You know, when you can teach it, that really is where you learn the best. No doubt. Uh, and so uh, uh, today, though, we're, we're talking about, uh, and, and actually, before we get into this, you have an open invitation to come on our show whenever you'd like. Uh, well, and thank so, you. Absolutely. <laughs> um, and I know you're working on your fourth book right now. Um, I don't want to give away too much here, but I know that it's in the works. Um, if you want to give a little plug for it right now, you're more than welcome to do that. Yeah, I think the title is going to be Creating Career Magic and How to Survive the Ups and Downs of Your Career. And uh it's, I really like this one a lot. It uh, gives lessons at each point from when you're a young person starting out to some of the things you might want to pay attention to, to as you get promoted, how are you going to pay attention to that, and when you make mistakes, how to handle them. And, and uh, it, uh, it's uh, it, with a lot of good stories from what happened to me personally over the years when I messed up or didn't do it right or got fired or passed over for a promotion and so I think it'll help a lot of people at least think differently so that when these things happen to them, they won't just go down the tubes and be so upset they don't pick themselves up and get back to work. So that's I think it's going to be a lot of fun for people and students, too, I think are going to enjoy this. No doubt. I'm definitely looking forward to this book. All of your books so far have been super helpful to me and just uh, incredible reads. Uh, and today we're talking about your third book, uh, Time Management Magic. Um, which is a it's a fairly easy read. It's a it's a very very short book in in comparison to a lot of other books. And uh, but man, it's so rich in information and and um, just really practical stuff on how to manage your time and your life better. Uh, and really, before we jump into that, in case folks you haven't uh, you may not know who Lee is. Lee, I'd like to just kind of get a little bit of your backstory, and then we'll jump into the book here. So first and foremost. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, you grew up not far from where I am here in Tulsa. Uh, where exactly did you grow up? Well, I was born in Bartlesville, Oklahoma, and I lived there till I was in about the fifth or sixth grade. And then we moved to Ardmore, and I and I'm basically I grew up in Ardmore. I never stepped foot out of Oklahoma till I was 20 years old. Wow! <laughs> it was 
and then we went to Dallas. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I grew up there, and I went to Oklahoma State for a couple of years, and um, I was majoring in hotel and restaurant administration because I didn't know what to do, even though I'd never been in a hotel before. And uh, so uh, I dropped out after two years because I was such a poor student, and my mother said she wasn't going to pay for those grades. And so I went in the Army, and... Uh, in the Army, I met a fellow. He said he was going to open the Washington Hilton in D.C. and would I like to go with him and we'll get jobs there. And I said, sure. We got my car. We drove to Washington. I got a job at the Washington Hilton as a banquet waiter. And a couple of years later, I got into a management training program, stayed with Hilton for eight years and worked in Chicago at the Waldorf Astoria in New York, uh, Los Angeles Hilton. And then I joined Marriott in 1973. Worked for them for 17 years and became vice president of food and beverage operations for the company. And uh, then I got recruited by Disney in 1990 to go to France and open the one in Paris. And uh, my wife said, Lee, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> I, I said, what if I get fired? She said, I don't care. I get to live in Paris. So let's. Uh, we went to Paris and uh, had a great time there. And three years later, they uh, called me from Orlando and asked me to come to Orlando and be in charge of the hotel division. And then about two years after that, I became in charge of all operations at Walt Disney World. So that was a quick 42-year summary. <laughs> <laughs> Very quick 42-year summary, which is incredible. And and uh, just just to, for again, for those folks that are listening that maybe don't know who you are, uh, which I'm sure are few and far between at this point, but while you were at Disney, how many employees, did, uh, and specifically when you were VP of operations of Disney World, how many employees did you have? I had about 40,000, 45,000, but you know how it grows? I've been retired almost 10 years, and they now have 73,000. Wow. Can you imagine? And 7,000 managers. So, wow. uh, yeah, it was great. It was a great job. I really loved it. And, uh, it uh, working at Disney is pretty special. No kidding. And what, one thing I think is really cool about you, Lee, is uh, last year, it was actually last year this time, I uh, took a trip with some friends of mine down to Disney. And, um, uh, while we were there, uh, in your last book, you give your phone number out. Uh, and I just called you to see if you would sit down and have coffee with me. And you did, um, which was incredible. Just got to pick your brain. <laughs> and, uh, and while we were there, your son walks in, uh, and he sat down and talked with us for a while. And yeah. is, is he still, uh, running Hollywood studios? No, he's been doing good. He, you know, he's been with Disney for 25 years, believe wow. it or not. And uh, he started with Disney before I did while oh, he was wow. in college working in the summer. And then he came open, he came to France and got a job in the parking lot, parking cars. And uh, after I'd paid a hundred grand for his education. <laughs> and uh, But he did great and he got in management training and then he uh, worked in France for five years and he came back and he he did all kinds of jobs, and then he ran Epcot for two or three years, and then he ran the studio, Hollywood studio, for two or three years, and now he's the vice president of the Magic Kingdom. No kidding. So he so just keeps doing moving real well, up. and uh, he told me when he was 14 he'd never do what I do for a living, so that proves him wrong. <laughs> I was going to say, it, it seems as though he's on the exact same career path uh, yeah. that you were. Um, it's a lot of fun having him yeah. in the same place. Yeah. Man, that's really, really cool. And uh so, so 40, 40 to 45,000 employees uh, that are under your leadership. Um, and I, I would imagine it takes a fair amount of skill in managing your time to make sure that uh, those forty to 45,000 people know what to do, what's expected of them, um, and not to mention the fact for you to keep your sanity leading 40,000 people. And so... Yeah, I mean, I think, I tell people that, key to my success in my life is certainly not my college education because I don't have one. <laughs> and, but I would say that two things that serve me best is I have a really good attitude. I'm very positive. I always do whatever needs to be done. My boss says, come in at three in the morning. And I really just smile and say, no problem. And, but the other thing, I'm very disciplined and organized and I'm very reliable and credible. I think those two things, probably good attitude and being reliable and credible really pays off in life. We all know who we can count on and who we are not sure they'll get the job done for us. And uh, people really need to take that seriously. That's some good advice yeah. right there, especially to all yeah. the young leaders like myself that are listening to this uh, right now. Uh, in, in one more question I want to ask you, you said you told me earlier you're 71 now. 
you've you've done some really really cool stuff working on your fourth book you ran disney you opened disney in paris you worked for marriott the hilton i mean you've got quite the resume uh who who inspires you who is who are who's someone that you look to and you just think this person really lights my fire they, i'm i'm inspired by this person uh, you know, that's funny. I had some good mentors along the way. My mother probably taught me the discipline. When you go up in Oklahoma, you better do what your mom says. <laughs> <laughs> you would be quickly in trouble. She didn't care if I was happy. She wanted me to be successful. And uh, so she kicked our butts, my brother and I. And he's an orthopedic surgeon. So I think that was probably the start of it. My grandmother, I must say, has probably get, taught me empathy being nice to people. She was the nicest person in my life, most important person probably in my life. She was just always available for anybody to do anything. And uh, she didn't have a lot of money, but boy, she was incredible. And uh, so I learned, I'd say, discipline and empathy at home. And then I had two good mentors that while I was working, one boss helped me get over being so insecure. I was insecure, so I'd be defensive every time somebody wanted to tell me I did something wrong. Mm. I want to blame it on somebody else. And he one day, I'll never forget, he said, Lee, do you realize the whole world's not about Lee? <laughs> and I said, he said, just, we're, we're talking about business problems. Don't get so defensive. and Don't argue so much. And he worked with me on that. And I tell you, that's probably one of the other reasons I was co- successful in corporate life, because nobody wants to work with a defensive person that turns mm. it around and tries to make blame somebody else. Wow. And then I had one at the Waldorf Astoria, same thing. He taught me the business. Man, he took me to dinner and ordered different foods and wines and would explain them to me and take and show me. And he took me out to all the best restaurants in New York to, so I could learn more about food and beverage. And so I was lucky to have those people. But I would say today, I... Uh, I think a lot more about how I'm doing today. You know, I corporate life's good, but people say, "Do you miss Disney?" And I said, "No, not really. I mean, I'm having a lot of fun." And and uh, I think people say, "What do you do now?" I said, "Well, you know what? I think I always was, and I still am a teacher. I get more satisfaction out of teaching and getting the feedback from people who say, "Thank you, Lee. You taught me something. I learned that. I use your principles now. It changed my life. It did this, that." So I would tell every boss out there in the world, be a, more of a teacher and less of a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> Which, uh, man, I don't, I don't mean to shift gears here, but you actually tell the story of, I think you were working at the Marriott and you had someone, did they, they punch you or threw a clipboard or something at you? Yeah, they did both, actually. <laughs> I was coaching this person that had a bad attitude, and he was really discriminating against one of our Japanese cast members, and she came in crying and said he had called her a bad name. I called him in, and I mistake I made is I put my finger in his face and told him, Mr. So-and-so, you have a bad attitude. Well, he immediately came out of the chair and knocked me out of mine. Oh, wow. I got six stitches over my right eye, and then as I ran out the out of there trying to get away from this guy. He hit me over the head with one of my own clipboards. (laughs) I got eight stitches in the back of my head. So uh, that was, uh, I learned to talk. My wife said, Lee, do you think it's because you talk to people the way you talk to people? That's why they hit you. (laughs) I said, probably. (laughs) So I've calmed down. I haven't been hit since 1973. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's good. That's good. Uh, I appreciate your transparency and I'm very much looking forward to your creating career magic book. I I know it's going to be another home run. Uh, but hey, let's jump in today uh, talking about time management magic. And one of the things you say in the book that is absolutely, this is one of those for me, I, I'm 32 at the time of this recording, and this is kind of a stop you in the middle of the road kind of thing and, and really make you take a good look at yourself. You said time, time or life management is probably the most crucial skill a person needs to be happy and successful. Why, why, yeah. do, you, why do you believe that? Well, I think a lot of people let life just control them and it gets away from them and they don't save for retirement, they don't take care of their health, they don't take care of their family, their relationships, their marriage, they just don't take care of the right things. And because life goes by, you know, it's Christmas again before you know it. And we, 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 so many people, I would say it's the number one time people are so disorganized, it's unbelievable because they don't have a system. And I think the problem is they don't teach it in high school. They don't teach it in college. And it's the one thing you really need to do. A lot of kids flunk out of college because they don't get the class. They don't get the papers done on time. And that, I mean, really, when you talk about management, you know, management, if you're managing something, you're supposed to keep it under control. That's what management means, control. Mm. And you need to keep your life under control. I mean, like I 
I mean, that's just what I focus on. So I really have a system in place. I've been teaching this class for 35 years, and that's why I wrote the book, because if you, that, nobody cares how much you know if you can't get anything done, mm. or if you're late, or you don't get your work in on time, or you, you don't get home for that special occasion that your family's sitting there expecting you, and you don't get to your son's graduation, and all the things that happen to people. And you don't take the time to create good relationships with people so you can uh, get some help when you need it and uh, help others when you can. So, I mean, there's just managing your life. You can manage your life. It's not just out of control. Life doesn't just happen. You know, you you you, you do the right things, the right things will happen. And mm. uh, that's how I think about it. And uh, if I'm going to spend time on something, it's got to mean something to me. It's got to be important. And if it's not, I'm not going to do it. Because I know where my priorities are, and uh, I got to get those done first, and then maybe I'll go take a nap, <laughs> but uh, or watch uh, help Kim Kardashian fix her life or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> That's outstanding. And so, with that, you said that you you make sure to take care of your priorities first before you go do anything else. What what are your priorities? Well, you know, they're simple. I. Uh, Right now, I'll tell you, if you had to ask me what my three priorities were or four, I'd say the first one is me. And I take care of myself. I exercise. I get all my checkups, get my colonoscopy, get my heart checkup last week. I do all of those things because my wife said, Lee, please take care of yourself so you can take care of us. And, you know, and then I'd say number two is my family, but it's really number one, too, because i got to take care of myself so I can take care of them. And then I'm at every family event. I uh, don't miss anything. Uh, I communicate with my grandchildren today and my son. I talked to him this morning. I talk to him almost every day. We have a great relationship. Uh, I mean, and actually I'm going to call on him to come and help me put the furniture back in my house after this renovation. Mm. <laughs> so, And my grandkids, they can come and help too. But family to me is everything, you know, I don't, uh, and I don't just say that. I mean, you know, business is business. And, and uh, when families, you know, there's family persons having a problem, it affects me and I want to get involved and I want to help and I want to make sure that they have a good life and uh, they, they're doing the right things. So number one, take care of myself, me, number two, uh, take care of my family. And number three, I try to take care of my finances and uh, make sure I'm on top of my business. I know when I, you know, I record my expenses every morning. It takes me about five minutes. I look at four places. I look at the Visa charge card, my bank statement. I look at a credit union account I have and, and another American Express. And I record those under categories from groceries to uh, to electricity, to medical, to uh, you name it, ATM withdrawals, uh, gas, electric, heat. I know exactly how much we spend. Therefore, I know how much I can spend mm. <laughs> for extra special things. And uh, that's control. I want to control my finances, and I want to control my family life, my own health and, and well and learning. So uh, those are the kinds of things you'll find in my day planner every day. And uh, I've gotten better and faster at these things, so I now can add a few things along as whatever it is, writing a book, you know, it takes time. So I, when I do a book, I, I schedule two hours every morning from 8 to 10 and write every day, seven days a week. And then if you do that every day, you'll be finished. And so it's a matter of getting the priorities in your life, making sure. I would say, first of all, for your listeners, half the people don't even know what their priorities are. Mm. They can't. They cannot write them down or look at you in the face and say them one, two, three. Mm. You know, and it, unless you know what they are going on vacation, if you don't know where you're going. You're not probably going to get there. Yeah. <laughs> you know where you're going. You got to buy the ticket, get the map. You got to do certain things. You got to do this. You got to get a hotel You know, and uh, I have a plan for that's why I follow it. And I'm also pretty compulsive. <laughs> That's mm. probably, I told my wife uh, compulsion was just a higher level of responsibility. She didn't think that was very funny. So. <laughs> But uh, that's what I do. I run my life by my day planner, and uh, I know which things I should be doing, and I know which things I can say no to because they don't fit in. Yeah, man, that's yeah. good. Uh, would you? You got to learn to say no. Yeah, you can't do everything. Yeah. And and uh, that's one of the tricks. And I didn't always do that. I got you know when I'm not saying no, I get end up doing things that I shouldn't be doing, and then something else is going to suffer. 
I mean, if I went out to dinner every night, I was invited out, I, my health would go down. I mean, you know, staying out late and eating too much and going to bed with a full stomach and those kinds of things. So I'm really careful about what I say yes to and what I say no to. Man, that's good. Uh, somebody, I don't remember who said this, uh, but somebody said every time you say yes to something, you're saying no to something else and vice versa. Yeah, um, no question. Which is really, really good. Um would you do you have a certain number? And I know there's it's probably a little bit different for each person. And you've alluded to the the three or four priorities. Is there a a, a number of priorities? Because I mean, you can't everything can't be a priority. Um, do you have a certain number that you recommend? Of you need to have a top three or top five or or, or something of that nature. I think you, if you get those top three right, that'll create a lot of work for you. But I mean, you know, when I was at Disney, my Work priorities were making sure we were hiring the right people. Mm. I, I spent a lot of time on that, being involved in the way we interview and select and set expectation. Second thing I did at Disney was very involved in the training, making sure everybody's getting trained, executives down to the frontline cast members, that we're testing them to make sure and that we're enforcing the training. So first is hiring good people, then training. And third is that I want to be a good role model for creating and setting a good example for culture of treating people respectfully, and including everyone, and making people feel special. And so those are kind of the three big things I did at work every day. And then I did other things, but I needed to focus on those three, because if you hire great people and train them, they'll do a great job. Mm. <laughs> that's that's great information right there. I mean, we, we could do a whole podcast just on that. Yeah, that's true. Um, so once you set your priorities, one of the things I love that you talk about, you actually did a guest blog post for us as well, uh, not too long ago uh, out at creativesheep.org. And, uh, one of the things you said in there in regards to time management is just, is it's actually really simple, but is just think, sit down and plan your day. Just take some time to yeah. think about the things that you're going to do. Why, why is this such a big deal for you? Well, I think what happens is we all get caught up in habits of jumping out of bed, brushing our teeth, getting the shower, getting the car, maybe go to Starbucks, grab a coffee, and the next thing go to work, and we jump into the work because we don't get there early enough to sit down and think about what we ought to be doing today. And the next thing you know, the day's gone, and the week's gone, and the month's gone, and it's Christmas again, and we haven't sat and thought quietly about these priorities that we set for ourselves. You know, I said, think of, if I'm still today retired, I think every day about, okay. What should I be doing for myself today, this week, this month? What should I be doing for my family this week, this month? I just bought the Easter eggs today. <laughs> <laughs> and I fill them with little IOUs for my grandkids. Mm -hmm. I owe you a trip to the bookstore. In fact, uh, one of my grandchildren uh, called me last night. He's 21. He's at University of Miami. He said he wanted to turn in one of his old IOUs. I said, what one? He said, I dropped my computer and broke it. I'm going, wow, that's going to be an expensive IOU. <laughs> but I give them those things every year, and they keep them, and then they turn them in when they have a problem or need it. And wow. uh, so I put little notes in there, you know. And, and uh, so that's – these kids will never forget that tradition. No kidding. Never. Never, never, never. And uh, so uh, – and he taught me last night how to transfer money with these apps, which I didn't have a Google Wallet, and I didn't have uh, another Vimo. And uh, so by the time he finished with me, I now know how to do that. I transfer the money in 10 seconds so he could get the computer because he needed to get his hard drive downloaded because he's got a test next Tuesday. And uh, they call me. They call me because my I'm, I, I mean, these kids and I are like, bonded deeply mm. and uh, that's one of the best feelings i get is when my grandkids want to spend time with us they want to go they, we go on vacation together i mean it's just it's the best part of life there's wow. nothing better and uh so that's you just got to make sure you got your right priorities straight you know a lot of people get in trouble in their careers the marriages end the kids grow up not feeling loved or not getting the right direction get involved in drugs get involved in this get involved in that and, uh, you know, we're just, uh, we stay tight and we're there for each other and everybody knows, uh, you know, I was telling you, I went through some anxiety problems recently and, uh, my son, I must say, he called me and said, what can I do? How can I help you? And, uh, we just lay everything out on the table. I don't go around trying to hide something that's going on. And then we help each other. So you, 
I think everybody could think about that. Are you being as good as you can be with your family? Are you being as good as you can be with your health? Are you being as good as you can be with your finances? You don't have to be good in finance. Just go get somebody to help you. Mm. Go hire somebody. Go get your father to shoot or whoever. And uh, that's one thing I trick. I mean, for me, I don't. I'm not an expert really so much in anything. I mean, I'm pretty good at a lot of things, but I don't. I'm not bashful about asking somebody to help me. Like when I write my books, I said, I don't know where the commas go and where the semicolons go, but I can hire somebody to put them there. <laughs> so my teachers wouldn't believe I wrote books. I didn't hardly got it. I hardly showed up for English class. I couldn't paragraph. I couldn't diagram a sentence for a million dollars. <laughs> it's comforting to know because I fall into that same category as well. English was my worst subject in school. Um, yeah, you know. People think that getting a degree is all in. It's never over. Every day you can get better. I tell somebody, if you want to be successful, be an expert in something. And I tell them, I'm an expert in time management. And they say, why? I say, because I said so. <laughs> I, know more, I know more than anybody else about it. And they say, oh, okay. Anything you do every day and you're interested in and have passion for, you can become an expert. When you become an expert in something, people want to pay you to mm-hmm. do a good job or and you really help people. I mean you help people when you're an expert. You give you help their self confidence. They trust you. Yeah. So there's a lot of reasons to think about where you're spending your time right now and where you shouldn't be spending it. Just think about where you sp- shouldn't be spending it. That's where you'll pick up a bunch of time. Man, that's good. That's really good. Uh, a friend of mine and I actually just this past week we swapped schedules and just had each other look over each other's schedule and just do you need to be doing everything that's on here? If the answer is no, get it off your schedule. Um, yeah. That's some good and stuff. And are you using the right technology to mm. go faster and get it done and to communicate and to, yeah, I mean, you got to be on it. Yeah. So you, you're, like you said, you're 71 now. For, for all intents and purposes, you're retired. I know you're writing books and, and traveling and speaking and that kind of thing, but you still take the time every day to sit down and think about what you're going to do that day. Yeah, if I don't, I'll have one of those days where I don't know what I did, which would be nothing. And uh, so I, I actually do it at Starbucks in the morning. I go there around six, six fifteen. I sit and I have my day planner, and I sit there and I think about, okay, what do I need to be doing this week? And I think through my family members. I think through my finances. Do I need to call, talk to my broker this week? Do I need to talk to my tax guy? Uh, first quarter taxes is due uh, April fifteenth. Do I need to get that done? I need to file extension. Blah blah blah. I just think. When you think, actually, you'll think of things that you ought to be working on in each part of your life. And taking time to think, I don't care if it's just 10 or 15 minutes, will improve your life dramatically. Mm. Man, so 10 to 15 minutes a day just to line it out. One of the other things you said in your book that I I, I just am baffled by, uh, you said you believe that most people can actually do 50% more than they're currently doing. I do, and I think because when I see what they're doing, <laughs> I know they can because mm-hmm. they're just doing the wrong stuff. They 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 are hanging out with the wrong people. They're not studying. They're not going back to learning. They're not becoming an expert today. You know, technology and all this stuff flying around. You got to really stay on it. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, yeah, I think most people, you know, fifty percent is an exaggeration, but it, they can do a lot more. I guarantee. And uh, and. Uh, there's no end to how much I think I can do by being organized. Sometimes it's just you don't do it yourself, but you hire somebody to do it. You uh, teach somebody else to do it. You, the key is getting it done. It's not so much you have to do everything yourself. Get in agreement with your family and wife of who does what and who doesn't and what your responsibilities are, what theirs are. And, uh, yeah, so it, I think if people read the book, they'll see there's lots of opportunity to be better. No kidding. And one one other thing, I don't know if this came from this book or a previous one. I know I've heard you say this before, is that you believe that people are not overworked. They're actually underorganized. Absolutely. That's the, that's the key to this time management. People are underorganized. I would tell you the average person doesn't have any system in place to run their life. They don't. I mean, 90% of Americans could retire with a negative net worth for one reason. They don't get started early enough. Wow. They keep meaning to. I'm going to. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. And they and then they get they get insecure because they think they don't know how what to do. Well, go get somebody to help you then. Mm. You know, don't. There's no, you, you don't have to do anything, but you got to get it done. <laughs> so 
you know, uh, life's tough. You end up at 70 years old and don't have any money saved. That's pretty rough. Or your health. Boy, I tell people, the biggest regret you'll have in your life, don't worry about it. It'll be your health. Mm. When you lose your health, that'll be the biggest regret. You'll say, I wish I'd worked out. I wish I'd have got gone to the doctor every year. I wish I hadn't skipped three years and now I got cancer. I wish I hadn't smoked. You know, I wish I had exercised. No, don't wish. It broke up just a little bit there. Do you mind repeating that last sentence? I say, well, I said, you know, people, if you don't sit down and plan what you need to be doing in, in your retirement or and you don't sit down and take care of your health every day, you're going situation where you're going to wish you had done all these things and wishing will not help you i mean you've got to do these things and you know one thing i tell people now most people want to do easy things do easy things life gets harder you do hard things life gets easier the harder i work out the better shape i'm in you know it's easy to get in credit card debt it's hard to save your money it's easy to not be home when you need to be. It's hard to be there at every single time. It, you know, just think about taking the easy route, health, uh, fitness, uh, finances. It's easy just to say, well, I hope everything works out. No, go get somebody to help you. Go to your credit union, go to a bank, go to see your father in law, whoever. Uh, don't, don't, I had to tell people in your day planner, you should have two or three hard things you got to do every week. And that may mean having a conversation with somebody that's not forming. you got to sit down and have the hard conversation. Most people put those off. Just right, schedule the priorities and then go do them. Do the hard stuff. You don't have one or two hard things a week to do. You're not doing the right things. Man, that's good. I love what you said there. Do the hard things and life is going to get easier. It could yeah. not be any, any, any more true than that right there. Um, you know, one of the things that I love that you talk about in the book here and you kind of alluded to this is that someday is never going to come. Don't, don't say you're going to do things someday because someday will never come. Someday is not a day of the week. Yeah. Or someday is not a day of the week. That's good right there. Um, one of the things that, that, uh, to, to help folks, you said the first step in getting more organized, the first step in, in, in managing your time, uh, more effectively is to evaluate your time. How would you recommend that folks go about this? Well, I would say just take that take a day if you really want to make a change in your life. Take a couple of hours, maybe next week, a couple of hours or a couple of hours every day till you get it right. Then think, sit and think about how you spend your time every day. What's keeping you from getting things done? Is it your transportation? Do you live too far from work? Is your boss a problem? Do you need to be looking for another job? Uh, what's holding you back? What is it exactly? Really zero in on why. Do you need to go back to school? Uh, you know, you got to think about. I, I tell people the biggest problem I think most people have they underestimate what they can do. Don't underestimate what you can do. It's never too late to get better, mm. and uh, you can pick yourself up and get better. And uh, and uh, that's uh, I just I'm always thinking about you know when I had this anxiety problem I thought every day what can I do? Man, I was I did everything. That was my new job to get over this. Mm. And I, I got over it because I focused on it instead of sitting on the couch feeling sorry for myself. And and let me tell you, doing Stairmaster for 40 minutes every day at 4 o'clock is not that much fun. And uh, doing strength training twice a week is not that because my trainer is a tough guy. He pushes me hard. <laughs> and I don't like him all the time. But uh, And uh, going to see a psychiatrist, you know, that a lot of people wouldn't do that. And a psychologist, and acupuncture, let somebody stick some needles in you, that'll straighten you up. And, uh, yeah, so I, I think, uh, you know, you got to know what you need to do. you got to think, think, what's going on here? Mm. Why is this happening? What's wrong with my marriage? Why are my wife and I arguing all the time? What's wrong with my son? Why is he acting this way? And then go get a tutor, get help, get your kid a psychologist, or do whatever you got to do. Man, that's all I say. I say when you have a problem with your kids, you do whatever you have to do to turn that around, mm. whatever you have to do. Man. And that's what I do. When I got a problem, I do whatever I have to do. I guess that's why I've been married 48 years. My wife hadn't left me, so I <laughs> figured it out. Uh, you kind of you jumped on to my next question here, which is great. Um, 
one of the things you talk about is that with self-discipline, almost anything can be achieved in every aspect of life. Yeah, I'll give you a good example. Here I went to school. I mean, I was a terrible student. When I made a C, my mother baked the cake. I mean, it was like <laughs> unbelievable. And I, I didn't. My parents didn't focus on education like our my son does with his kids. So I, it wasn't a big priority. And so I just did. And I think back and down in Ardmore, I think everybody got promoted. I think we all just graduated. And uh, so here I am. Years, thirty years later, I. Somebody says, Lee, you need to write a book. Now, my English teacher was sitting there. She said, what? Lee, can to write a book? Are you out of your mind? And uh, so what did I do? I hired a professional, and he and I spent three days together, and I talked about what I wanted to write about, and he recorded everything. And then uh, I came back, and I started writing. I wrote every morning, and I sent it to him, and he cleaned it up for me and put the grammar in the right place and the punctuation and helped me with new ideas. And then we got the book published, and I worked with him on the second book, and he helped me. He's a professional. That's what he does for a living. Mm. So he he made my book ten times better than it would have been if I thought I was going to do it. I'm not a writer. And as he told me, you can't speak and write the same way. You When you speak, you're there mm-hmm. to correct or to clarify. When you write a book, people got to understand what you're saying when you when they read it. No, that's good. And so get a professional. I've got a professional person who takes care of my finances. I don't know anything about that stuff. Mm. So that's what the key is. Don't worry about saying, you know, I'm embarrassed to ask or just to ask. Who cares? This is a little off script here. Would you say then that uh, self-awareness is a pretty big key in all of this and kind of knowing what you're not good at? so that you can ask? Oh, absolutely. That's one of the biggest problems in life. People are not aware of how they're coming off to other people mm. or what they're not good at. Everybody puts on a good face, and that's why people get into trouble because they're trying. it's an ego thing. You know, Forget your ego. You know? and man, in fact, people will like you, and you'll be more successful when you admit what you are good at and what you are not good at, and when you ask for help or give help, it's one of the biggest compliments you can give to people. And I ask for help a lot and because uh, I don't want to do it. Whatever. If I'm going to do weight training, I want an expert working with me. Mm. And if I'm going to you know, see a doctor, I want the best one. Mm. And uh, so I, I, I like expertise. I'm kind of a jack of all trades, but I'm not an expert. Mm. Maybe time management, I am, but, and a few things. But uh, this is just a key thing. People got to go ask for help. Yeah. Go to the university. Go see. Go take a course at night. I mean, it's just there's it's unlimited in this country what you can do. Listen to podcasts <laughs> every day. There's just a wealth of information available for free right now. I mean, and more. Yeah, and you more have no coming. excuse. No, none no whatsoever. excuse anymore. Nope. Um, just Google it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You can learn anything through Google or YouTube. Um, and, and podcasting. I'm telling you, there is there is more information flying around now, which is obviously why th- things continue to change as quickly as they do uh, than than probably ever before. What uh, kind of back to the self discipline question? I know you, I know you've kind of jumped on the whole. Um, just ask, ask for help, ask for help. What are some other practical steps that that we can take to become more self disciplined? I think you can't become disciplined until you know what you want your priorities are. Mm. And I would say, first of all, sit down and think, what are the, what's the most important thing every day for me to do? What's the second? What's the third? What's the fourth? And then make, start scheduling. Schedule your priorities. Mm. Put them in your calendar. Put appointments in there for with yourself. You know, like today, I had an appointment with you at 1 o'clock. I, mean, I didn't call you. 3.30. I mm. <laughs> called you at 1 o'clock yeah. because it's in my calendar and I set the alarm on my phone 15 minutes early to remind me that I had this today, that I wouldn't miss it. I set my alarm every day for all the day, for the whole week so it goes off so I don't miss something. And at 3.45, my alarm goes off. I know i got to go work out. And, uh, you know, I just set my alarms and then I look at my day planner and it says work out or it says call Jared or it says uh, whatever. Yeah, yeah. That's really good. So know what you're going to do and then schedule the priorities in your life, in your calendar, and make keep those appointments. Keep that appointment to exercise. Keep that appointment to take your wife to dinner. Keep that appointment to uh, go to the school on Wednesday night for the teacher's PTA meeting. 
and then all of a sudden you'll be doing the right things and uh, life will, you'll wake up one morning and say, whoa, things are better than they used to be. One one of the things, uh, I, personal question here is just I I've always found that it's it's when I have an appointment with someone else, it's easier to keep that. But when I write something in my calendar for myself, um, it, those are the the appointments that those are the easy ones. If it's just a meeting with myself or I've got something I'm going to work on in this time slot, those are the ones that I find that are the easiest to move or to kind of pass by, as opposed to when someone else is going to be there. What do you recommend for that? Is it just simply the whole Nike slogan, just do it, just make yourself do it? No, I think that's a a bad habit to get into because you, you put something serious in there and then you're not doing it. It's probably because it's hard. That's why you're not doing <laughs> it. And uh, it's going to take some time. It might take three months, six months, get started on something. And uh, I would say I often went isolated myself when I have an appointment with myself. So I would uh, leave my office and go to another office upstairs, three floors up where nobody knew where I was, or I'd go to the public library where nobody knew where I was. Mm. I'd go somewhere. I go sit mark anything to do to get it. So when the phone rings, I wouldn't be in the office and I wasn't getting emails. And I was isolate yourself to get these things done and stay on them and it'll become a new habit. And then you'll just work them in and, and, uh, yeah. And, uh, You'll be, and I think the other thing, when you start to see that you can do it, you'll, your self-confidence and self-esteem and belief in yourself is going to rise. Then you're going to start raising your hand more and doing harder things. Mm. You say, wow, I got that done. No big deal. Man, yeah. that's good stuff. Uh, and kind of the, the last one I want to tackle here before we jump off, and, and folks, by all means, go pick up a copy of Time Management Magic. I, I assure you it's going to help you. Lee actually lines out in the book how he does his time management uh, verbatim. I mean, step-by-step step shows you how to do it. Uh, but one of the things I love that you talk about in the book is efficiency versus effectiveness. Efficiency yeah, well, versus effectiveness. People, you know, a lot of people say they can multitask. To me, that's just doing two or three things at the same time. You're doing them all badly. <laughs> You're efficient. You're running around doing a bunch of stuff. It's like watching TV and listening to your wife. One of those is going to suffer. <laughs> you know. So do one thing at a time where thought is required. And make sure that you have the right things planned to do that are going to be effective. What's effect? You know, It's like raising kids. It takes a long time. And some people are efficient, you know. They get their kids dressed in the morning, get them to school, they get them to the Boy Scouts meeting, but they don't spend any time with them. They don't teach them uh, good values. They don't teach them about their religion. They don't teach them about honesty, integrity. Uh, you know, these are the things that matter in life, is uh, the effectiveness. The child that goes to college and graduates from Harvard Many of those people are not going to be successful because they're not going to have the right values. They're not going to have learned the right way to treat people, to be respectful, to be inclusive, to not be a bigot. I mean, look what's going on right now in the presidential race. Mm. It's sad. Mm -hmm. It's sad. Mm -hmm. I would never talk to somebody like these people are talking to each other. Yep. Ever. Yep. My mother would kill me if she would strike <laughs> me down from heaven. You know? Yeah, and so I think that is make sure effective is doing the right things that are going to pay off. It's going to pay off for you. It's going to pay off for your health. It's going to pay off for your relationships. It's going to help somebody else. Just running around doing a bunch of stuff, you'll end up doing a lot of easy stuff, and you won't get to the hard stuff. And uh, the hard stuff's what makes you effective. Mm. You know, I took public speaking in second year of college before I dropped out, and the night before I had to give a speech. The next day, I dropped the course because I was terrified. <laughs> you know, so I wouldn't be very effective. I, a few years later, I went back and I got a coach and I got somebody to start helping me and I started trying it. I pushed myself and it was hard because I hated it. It's very intimidating. And today I'm, I earn a living speaking, you know, yeah. so you got to do something about, you know, think about the things you hate to do and do those. You're probably doing the right things. Mm. That's good. So focus on effectiveness, not necessarily just efficiency. Yeah, if I'm going to spend an hour doing something, I mean, what's what's payoff here? Yeah, what am I what am I getting out of this? Anything? Man, that's good. or is anybody else getting anything out of it? I mean, or did I just uh, talking to myself and making myself feel good, but nothing happened? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. 
Well, Lee, I, I can't thank you enough for coming back on the show and sharing with us. And again, folks, go pick up a copy of Time Management Magic. Uh, you can pick it up from LeeCockrell.com. It's, of course, available on Amazon. And I believe anywhere else books are sold. Um, make sure to go get a copy. It's a very easy read. Um, you're going to be able to knock it out real quick. And it's really, really going to help you uh, manage your time and your life much better. And Lee, if anyone wants to get in touch with you, maybe to bring you out to speak, um, or, or, or just to get in touch with you in general, what's the best way to go about that? Well, if they go on my website, my address, my phone number, and my email are there. So <laughs> it's lee at leecockerel.com is my email. And um, my phone number's on there, and uh, they can call me if they want, or they can send me an email, or they can text me. I got a new uh, Samsung 7S yesterday, Hello. so I'm up to speed. That was, <laughs> it came out yesterday. Oh, there you go. And I love it. It's so great. I mean, and so I'm easy when I, unless I'm giving a speech on an airplane or uh, sleeping, I'll answer my phone if you call me. Yep. Yep. Which is something that has blown me away uh, with you. So Lee, on behalf of all of us, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for, for sharing this information with us. Thanks for writing your books. They've all been tremendously helpful to me and my growth as a leader. I'm looking forward to creating career magic whenever that one comes out. Uh, and, and again, just thanks for coming on the podcast today. Thanks a lot. You're welcome. Hey, thanks so much for listening to this episode of the creative sheep podcast, man. One of the things I loved Jared is it's never too late to get better. Yeah. No matter how old is he? He's in his late sixties, early seventies, late sixties, early seventies. And he is tenacious. My friend, he's getting after it, getting better. Probably doing more when it comes to personal development than he was 10 years ago, 20 years ago. He is getting after it. He's a machine. That's awesome. I love that. It is amazing. And folks, while you're listening, hit subscribe, leave a review, hit the share button. And Roman, if they want to converse with us, man, how would they do that? One of the absolute best ways is a handwritten letter. They can just write, uh, Dear Creative Sheep, put on our address, send it in the mail, and we'll get it. We'll write back. I'm totally joking. We That's did get the, one of those, though. We did. Somebody mailed in a letter. And Eric, thank if you, you're listening yes. right now, thank you for listening. It means the world to us. Yes, but you do not have to write a letter unless you really want to. Uh, you can uh, hit us up on social media, at creative underscore sheep. Uh, we're on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Hit us with a question or a pithy statement, and we'll get you back. Maybe you'll What'd end you up on the What you take away from this interview? Yeah, hit us with that. If yeah. there's something you took away from this interview, hit us up with it. We'd love to know what, what you're benefiting from and, and how this is working from you, what you're doing, what's working, what's not working. We'd love to hear it from you. Absolutely. So, folks, thanks so much for joining us today. Uh, you guys are the reason we get to do what we do. Hopefully, we're inspiring you to get better, and we will see you next time on the Creative Sheet Podcast. <laughs>